0: from from antscape.com I've been wanting to talk about this topic for for a while you might have you might have seen me address it on on my social media pages I have some not extremely popular opinions about Britney Griner I've had some not I've had some not so popular opinions about the WNBA too but but as I've said repeatedly I was I was a season ticket holder to the Phoenix Mercury so, before you call me a sexist and before you say I hate black women, how much money have you spent on the WNBA? Because I've spent a lot of money on it. And I have I have, a Phoenix, I have a Phoenix Mercury hoodie. I have a Seattle Storm hoodie. I frequented both of those places. When I lived in downtown Seattle, I used to go to Storm games all the time. Seen Sue Bird, an amazing athlete. Seen Goat Taurasi, amazing athlete. Seen Brittany Griner, an amazing athlete. And one of the pillars of the Phoenix community. So this isn't a bash women. This isn't an anti-women's rhetoric gas bag discussion. But but back to the article on Anscape.com. So this is really interesting article about Brittany Griner, which people know is written by William C. Roden. And I heard a lot of stuff that he says If you if you're unaware, Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia for about a month now. So, like many of the players in the WNBA, Brittany Griner plays her off seasons in Europe, and there's a laundry list of, of 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 great female athletes that play basketball in Russia, play basketball in Israel, play basketball in Spain because they can make additional money. The WNBA, I think that the top salaries in WNBA are like three, four hundred grand a year. People go to Russia. They make more money as they should. These people are trying to feed their family. They're, They're chasing their dream. Brittany Griner is one of the elite athletes in the United States. So she's arguably the second or third best player Prinley in the in the WNBA. And William Roden writes this article. There's some sort of stuff that I agree with him. First of all, he talks about the fact that this story is not getting enough publicity. And I tend to agree. I I tend to agree that to have a to have an elite athlete that's one of the faces of of a sports league in the United States. This is something that should be getting much more play in in the media. I mean, we we don't know if this young lady is safe. We don't know where she is. We don't know if she's being fed well. We don't know what her health situation is. She's been denied access to 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 the local embassies. All of that stuff. I agree with him as he as he pontificates on that. I also, before getting into this, I want to preface that that the Russian regime is, is notably corrupt, is notably dishonest, and we are in the midst of, of what could become a global war. So we don't factually know, and I, I don't want to be very clear, we don't factually know that Brittany Griner actually did have hashish oil. We don't know that. That's what she's been accused of. She's been accused. She was trying to enter Russia. She had her vape and she had her her hash oil and and all of those weed, marijuana, paraphernalia products. We don't actually know that. I'm not going to take Russian state TV 100% at their word because we know it's a corrupt regime. We know that there's a lot of hatred and disdain for people of color over there and for people that are in the LGBTQIA community. So I make sure that that I cover that base. Because I'm not just gonna trust state Russian television. This is where this is where the article where I kind of disagree and, and this goes off the rails. And, and this is this is one of the problems that I have. Because People use situations like this. We don't know if Brittany Grinder is going to be a pawn for politics between Russia and the United States. We don't. We don't factually know that. So I don't. I don't claim to know. I do know this: If she really did try to enter Russia with illegal drugs and illegal paraphernalia, knowing that Russia is about to invade Ukraine, because I'm sure that's on every paper. This was was before the actual invasion. But Russia had their troops. If she actually did that, I'm going to say this, she deserves to go to jail. And that's a you problem. But I don't claim to know. I don't know fact from fiction. If she did, you're in another country. You don't get to go to other countries and make your own laws. She's a vet. She's been traveling. She's been playing over Russia for many, many years. I just don't know the truth. I don't know what's what's real and what's what's not real, and I'm not going to pretend to know. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of sympathy for someone if you if you try to enter Russia with drugs at the brink of World War III and you end up in jail for ten years. That's your fault. That's not anyone else's fault. That's not anybody that hates you because of any of the isms. That's your own stupidity. But I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know. I just want to cover both both sides of the story. Where this article goes off the rails for me, he, so we get into the article, says, Will the day ever come that WNBA players do not feel compelled to travel overseas? Will the WNBA salaries someday be high enough to dissuade players from taking second jobs in the far-flung corners of the world after their seasons end? Some players will always go overseas for economic reasons or because they love the game and need to play more. However, the the WNBA wants to eventually have an economic infrastructure that will make it feasible for more players to stay home. The recently negotiated collective bargaining agreement gives players opportunity to make up to $500,000 for four months of play. That includes salary bonuses and league slash team marketing deals. There have been increases in pay, and the agreement also includes maternity leave and fertility benefits. But in the meantime, fairness and equity continue to be a persistent undercurrent. So we're back, we're back to that story and you're taking the Brittany Griner situation, which she could be a political prisoner. She could be singled out because she's black. She could be singled out because she's in the LGBTQIA community. But you're going back to this, to this thing about the WNBA. It's never, it's never the people who run the league. It's never their fault. It's always somebody else. So basically as a man, cause I, I was a season ticket holder, right? I bought the gear, but that's not enough. Basically you're telling me if I don't, if I don't give equal time and, and money and entertainment value to the WNBA, that it's because I have some hatred in my heart, particularly for, for African-American women, particularly for, women that are in the LGBTQIA community. And I'm, I'm just not buying that. This article goes on that says that it's basically society's fault that Brittany Griner has to play in Russia to make extra money. That's where I draw the line. A lot of people are not gonna like my stance on that. I think that that's asinine. I think that that's ridiculous. That's insane. It's back to hijacking the narrative to make it fit your cause, to make it fit what you want it to fit to promote your own personal agenda. Like I said, I've seen Britney Grinder play a lot. I had some pretty good seats when, when I had uh, Mercury season tickets. And you'll never hear me disrespect the WNBA and say that those women can't play and that they don't have talent on and off the court. And you're never going to hear me make make comments about that they can't dunk and it's a slow game and all of that stuff. I I don't believe in that. I've seen it firsthand. It's a fantastic game. There are things they could do to, to promote it a little more. They could lower the rims if they want more people to watch. They could shorten the court if they want more people to watch, but that's the WNBA's prerogative. But we go back to this whole concept and it gets into some of these socialist concepts, the WNBA. So the women in WNBA get 29% of the revenue sharing. The men get 51% in the NBA, which is unfair. The problem with that is the WNBA loses $10 million a year. So the WNBA is subsidized by the NBA. I've had this conversation over and over and over until I'm blue in the face. You're not entitled to more money. This is capitalism. If you want more money, go out and sell more tickets. Get a better TV deal, have a better product, have a more compelling product. And as I've said over and over again, I was a season ticket holder. You know what I didn't see when I was at those games? I was there by myself. I didn't see a lot of 16-year-old teenage girls with their mother at these games. it's your job, it's the WNBA's job to market to young women. Young women that can be playing sports, young women that end up playing tennis instead, young women that end up running track instead, young women that end up playing soccer Instead, it's not my job as a consumer to fight that fight for you. And I'm getting, I'm getting increasingly frustrated with people that are aligning one agenda, which is to boost revenue for WNBA, which I'm a supporter of. And like I said, I've put, I put up my own cash to go to many of those games. You're aligning that now and saying that people that don't support that are either sexist or they hate. The LGBTQ community. I think that that's abhorrent. I think that that's disgusting. There's people that don't that don't like women's basketball. There are people that don't like the, the the NBA. If I don't like the NBA, it doesn't mean that I hate the players in the NBA. If I don't like the NFL, it doesn't mean that I hate the players in the NFL. There are some people out there that may not watch the NFL because of some of the protests for political reasons. There's some people that may not watch the WNBA because they don't like women's athletics. But me personally, I watch what's good. I don't care if it's men, women, children. If UConn's playing Tennessee or someone like that or South Carolina with Gino Auriemma, I'm watching that. If I get to see Diana Tarazi, I'm watching that. If I get to see Serena Williams in her prime, Naomi Osaka, to, to see if she can get through her social anxiety and some of the issues she's had, I'm watching that. But just don't tell me that if you want to if you want to discuss the ills of war with the with Russia and Ukraine and how Brittany Griner might be being used as a pawn in that war, I'm I'm happy to listen to that. If you want to discuss that as Americans, we should be much more concerned with her safety and well being. I'm supportive of that. But just don't tell me that. Because that it's my fault that she has to play in Russia because we don't support the WNBA enough. Because that's 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 a lie, that's garbage. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance Jimmer. the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmol squad. Okay, well, check this out. They were doing the premiere of private parks at Madison Square Garden. And, And as I was going to the premiere, I see Donald Trump on the corner of 31st Street and 8th Avenue by the Garden. I walked over to him. I said, with excitement, hey, how you doing, Mr. Trump? He looks down at me and says, not now. I said, wow. but my name is Flavor Flay. He said, not now. James Lewis. I said to him, yo, I'm the one that gave your son Donald the an autograph and the Hollywood. He said, good for you. Good for you. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.